everyone. Welcome to episode 156 of the Literate Lessons podcast. As we all know, Carter is not here today. I am joined by Ro, uh, now third or fourth time on the on the podcast here. Gonna be interested to become start coming a regular here. I actually think it's more than that. We'll is it? See. So, so we have Secaucus. Yeah. We have the week leading up to Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. The holiday episode. Yeah. Parad- this is my fifth. Fifth. And actually, yeah, I think it's, I've been on the podcast, because it, it is February, I've been on the podcast at least once a month since November. Yeah, since so, since, since, since Secaucus, or just, since, yeah. since before Secaucus. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty much at this point. Uh, a regular. Think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put, I, I think I joked about this in the last episode, uh, at one point when we're done recording, I'm going to put um, literal lessons, like, permanent guest host in... Uh, <laughs> In my Twitter bio, or you can just kick Carter out of his spot. That also works. I mean, he did the Twitter fingers for me to. Uh, I was about to say, just swap jobs. It's fine. Uh, yeah, Carter. Carter was ha- is going to be out in Knoxville at least until middle of this week. So, uh, hope hope everyone had fun meeting Carter over there. Uh, he did not uh, come away with the trophy like he wanted, but still had a whole lot of fun. Um. I, I think I'm going to claim all my Pokemon back now, now that everyone's done playing with them. It was just like, if you win, I might let you keep them. But since you didn't win, I want them back. <laughs> They're mine. <laughs> I, I will say this just in general for the team building. Uh, shout out to Spack the Titan for yeah. not only helping Carter, but Jay, Poppy, um, and Aaron, who Unfortunately. sadly wasn't able to go because life sucks sometimes um, um but they they were working on all four of the teams that we were going to bring um to uh knoxville and uh just uh, right up top huge shout out to them yeah for... they, they, did a, they did a lot of help prepping uh the boys for this event in general um i ended up just EVing all of carter's team put figuring out all the calc sport for the most part uh, I know Spack did a lot of work for Jay, helping with uh, Jay's team figuring it out. Poppy had uh, Paul Chua in his back pocket doing all the work. Oh, it was around. Paul Ruiz. I thought I thought it was Chua. Was it Ruiz? They're both goats. Yeah, it's like it's, they're it both good. Um, and then I think Spack did the most of uh, Aaron's team too. I just did a lot of the um, figuring out like minute calcs and things like that. I will say we had the best brute bonnet set in 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 Knoxville probably. That was that was my favorite thing to build because we uh I found out Picolytics is um brute bonnet Broken. set is wrong. <laughs> I found out the hard way doing calcs for it. I'm just like this none of these add up. Why is this so weird? It's because the base HP in their system's wrong. That's why. That's why nothing adds up. Also, Picolytics um on your team builder make. It, so you can search Gen 9 Pokemon if you've asking for this. Actually, since since Gen 9. So. I, I pointed out the error on their Twitter. Like I, I did DM'd them on Twitter just to like point it out to them. Haven't heard anything back from it. It hasn't been fixed. So I don't know if they're just like too busy doing other stuff or what, but hopefully it gets fixed eventually. I'm hoping so as well. I, ju- I mean, just in general for them, like I think it seems like it's a once a month thing that they go in. So, so maybe they'll see all of our complaints and they'll fix everything. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll all get fixed. Um, 
Also, happy Pokemon Day. It is Pokemon Day today. Yes, um, it is Pokemon Day. You'll happy notice Pokemon that this Day. episode's probably uploaded an hour or so earlier than normal because Pokemon Day's uh, announcement would be right at our normal upload time, and we wanted to get it out of it before that so you could hear our fun uh, Pokemon Day guesses and things like that, which that'll be at the end of the episode today. You, you've you already been how... leaking to me about you have some very wild uh, guesses. And I know you're excited to get to them. Yes, and and that'll be to the end. I'm just saying, uh, it's, I have not, and, and please, if someone does have, did have this prediction and it does come true, or even just in general, let me know. I want to know, because um, I haven't seen this prediction from anyone, but it is like galaxy brain like stuff. So Knoxville, yeah. Knoxville and Bochum both had regionals this past weekend. Uh, Bochum, we didn't really get to see a whole lot of because coverage for Knoxville was the main highlight. I think uh, Victory Road was doing coverage for Bochum, which Where? they do a lot of the coverage for the EU events usually anyway. Um, unless they're like the only event happening. And then I think the Pokemon company comes in and handles it like EUIC and things like that. Uh, shout out to uh, Marcus uh, for taking down the entire Bochum regionals with a really cool team. I really, really like this team. Um, for those that may not be aware, we'll have it up on screen, the top cut and all that for them. But uh, the team that Marcus won with had a lot of standard stuff and then just kind of slapped on a uh, an Iron Jugulus out of nowhere. Yeah, and even just the standard stuff. So, uh, I'm just looking at this, I'm assuming that Marcus, who is really good friends with Wolf Click, they use the same six this weekend. Yeah. And when you look at the certain techs, um, the main tech that I really liked was the no water type coverage iron bundle with Encore, which was really, really neat. And Marcus was able to use that um, tech in order to um, take, I want to say, I actually might be mixing up Marcus and Wolf's battles. One of them used uh, the Encore, te- yes, yeah, so I think it was Marcus who Encored an Iron Hands into Fake Out in order to take a set. Um, that was Wolf, all- too. Wolf that did was that, Wolf- too. Okay, so Wolf did that, so Marcus, uh, so you had that, and then it was Trick, Specs, Goldango, and in game two of his set, he went and um, Used trick on uh, Alex Soto, who came in second place. Um, mm-hmm. Congratulations, Alex! Um, to uh, so he went and trick specs onto the Indeedy that was using Trick Room, and he had his Gothitelle. Uh, Marcus's had his Gothitelle next to his Goldango. So pretty much like it's like you're stuck. You have to click Trick Room. You there's yeah. nothing else to do. And, and what he was able to do as well was. Or even like in game one, um, Alex's team just couldn't put any pressure onto Marcus's Gothitelle, where it pretty much just sat there. And whenever he got Trick Room up, it was undo Trick Room. And like between those two, and, and honestly, the Iron Jugulus, uh, the Iron Jugulus was really, really big because it was using its really fast snarls and its dark type. In order to stop the uh, stop the psychic type attacks from really like doing a lot of damage into Marcus's team, um, the snarl and the typing 
to also support the Gothic Hell and to then allow the Goldango to sweep. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I talked about uh, Roaring Moon on the previous episode of the podcast being being able to do this fast support thing, having access to Snarl, Breaking Swipe, and all that stuff, and Tailwind. Um, Iron Jugglers gets to do a very similar thing with a different typing, so there's no four times weakness on Iron Jugulus. And you you do have that very fast snarl, that very that very powerful tailwind. Um being able to play booster energy and I'm not sure if they were booster energy speed, which it seems the most likely. Um, but overall just Iron Jugulus as a good strong tailwind setter is is a cool thing to have. Um and then, like you said, the trick Goldango is very, very powerful. Uh, Gothitelle being ever so popular in this format to prevent a lot of pivots. Uh, something we're not used to seeing a whole lot coming from the Sword and Shield era, where it's just like, if you're Dynamax, you kind of just want to sit out in front of it. Um, or, but now, with like now without having to worry about Terra just falling off if you switch, you kind of want to play that pivot, get in a good position game. And Gothitelle just comes in and shuts all that down. I think that was something that um, Aaron Zane was saying on stream today, where um, it is a lot. To, there are a lot of differences from Scarlet and Violet and um, Sword and Shield in terms of VGC. And he said it was closer to like the older VGC, like pre-Sword and Shield. Not only did Dynamax allow you to make it so that, okay, it was more so, here's my Dynamax Pokemon, I'm going to have my other three Pokemon are here to maximize the, to maximize the three turns of this Dynamax. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot of that, not as much pivoting, a lot of like, kind of like protect the king, so to speak. And the other thing he mentioned was how um, during Generation 8, the attack protect wasn't really as powerful or as popular. Not only could protect still be hit through with um, the Dynamax moves, but the other thing was, all status moves, once you became Dynamax, um, were just Protect. Yeah, like so they were just were... Protect, so it, you didn't have to play yeah. them. So yeah, you could have a Trick Room setter with three attacks. That was, like, Cal Cali uh, Ice being an example of this. You, would have, you wouldn't have Protect in your Cali Ice. You would just have Trick Room, because that was Protect. And in, in ways, it was like having a fifth move, especially if you had a Pokemon that you were, go like, ca again, using Cali Ice as an example, a lot of times that was going to be the Pokemon that you were maxing. Yeah. And now it's a lot more pivoting, it's a lot more um, dynamic even in terms of a lot more Pokemon are running Protect. Uh, personally, I think Protect is amazing in Open Team Sheet, and I think it's mostly because when I played in Open Team Sheet events, um, I'm going to use the Rumble I played in uh, for an example, where I had an opponent, um, and they had a Pokemon that wasn't... I knew that they didn't have Protect on one of their Pokemon, and they also didn't have any redirection out there. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could double into that spot, and whether it was the Pokemon that was there, or a switch in, something was going down. And it was able... It was a play where, if I didn't know that information, if I thought that, oh, could they have Protect... I wouldn't have made that move. Um, and that's just another part of the open team sheets. If you don't have those protects, if you don't have like those options on your team, those tools, mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying I'm a great player. I, I think I'm good, but I'm not great. But like, if I can say that 
I can create an immediate pin and know exactly a weak point and pretty much guarantee a KO. Um, some of the play the players you're going to see, especially on day two of these events, are able to do it yeah. as well. So yeah, protect is protect's good. Protect is very, very good. Uh, looking through the rest of these teams here, uh, you mentioned Alex Soto's team. Uh, very, very hard trick room team with Aruj and Didi. Something that a lot of people had been kind of hard on here lately, just not being able to do a whole lot in terms of open team sheet. Um, played it very, very well getting second place here. Uh, playing that Scarf Annihilate that was seen in Series 1 very, very early on. Uh, also has uh, Goggles, Tyra Dark, King Gambit. Um, charcoal, no protect Torkoal, <laughs> which feels very, uh, very dangerous. Um, and then this life orb Hatterene with, uh, triple coverage and trick room. So essentially you have three trick room setters on this team. And so it can be hard for your opponent to kind of figure out what's going to set trick room. How am I going to stop this thing? And I think just going back to Marcus, Marcus's answer was, "I don't care what sets trick room. I, I just trick you. I just trick you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to snarl you. I'm going to trick you. I can encore you. And his Gothitelle also had trick room. So if you got it up, if you aren't getting rid of the Gothitelle next, uh, if you're not getting rid of the Gothitelle in the first turn of trick room, well, losing your trick room. Like it, it's a Marcus's answer was very, very good because it's just like a situation of. Soto has to set up Trick Room. If Soto clicks Follow Me on the Ndidi to set up Trick Room while with whatever's next to it, the 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 Ndidi is now locked into Follow Me and it can't switch out, which is fine. It's not dealing damage anymore. So then your Gothitel can just reverse Trick Room going the other way because Armor Rouge likely is not KOing you at any point. And again, that just goes with what I was saying just right before with these open team sheets. If you know that, again, people don't have protect, you know that they are going to play, make certain moves. Mm -hmm. You can create those immediate pins and to focus out on the spot. Yep. Um, moving on, I mean, not to just jump into Knoxville, but like I've even like certain things with gameplay and best of threes. I know it's Knoxville. Um, if you want to go into that, or if you want to talk about uh, um, the Pokemon we're seeing in Knoxville first. I want to look at 12. the rest of these Bokum teams real fast, because there's yeah. some cool stuff. Um, there is a Dozo in top four. We'll talk about Dozo more in depth here in a little bit. Um, I want to want to mention Aurelian Solas, uh, another top four finish for them after their strong run in... Um... Oh, goodness. OCSA? Yeah. There we yes, go. that was the event. They had a strong run there. They have another strong run here. They're likely qualified for Worlds already. <laughs> um, there's a Garganical in top eight um, in the hands of Marco Silva. Uh, this looks to be Terra Ghost, which is interesting, going away from that Terra Poison. Um, nothing crazy out of the normal. Oh, there's a Mimikyu on the team. <laughs> I was also going to say one of the nice things as well like looking at Victor's team uh, the Dozo team uh, he also had um, I'd say it's like a, a, a B tier duo in um, Fluttermane and Iron Moth um, people are able to use uh, the Iron Moth's Acid Spray to 
chip away a Pokemon Sash and um, also just pick up chaos minus two, <laughs> and then you follow it up with uh, the Fluttermane. Yeah, you, like with without having a lot of strong special attackers, like outside of exactly Fluttermane, that Acid Spray means that Tatsugiri can pick up chaos on its own. That means. Um, if you can't tear your Dragonite, Terror Blast is still a very strong normal type move into a minus two special defense, whatever. Um, I know it's 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 Iron Moth. I think I think one of the, there's going back to the tier, the initial tier list that we looked at for the Paradox mods. I know Iron Moth wasn't one that we were really super high on. Iron Jugulus again, another one that we weren't really super high on. I think we put Iron Jugulus in tier or something like, yeah which and, and, it, and it won a major i mean we put uh scream tail and c and it happened to also win a regionals i i wanted it in b uh i compromised for c but so yes what, I, what it's what it goes more into saying is just like these people are very these people who are winning with it are very very good and the average player just can't take these pokemon shove them in their team and win events with them Definitely, yes. I will also just go and say that these are also Pokemon where I think early on we didn't really... We didn't, and it's maybe, again, because we aren't Wolf or Marcus, didn't see the answers to how they could be used. But, like, I think even, like, your D-tier Paradox Pokemon, I think, I, I think the answer is just they're all, comparatively, just all really, really good Pokemon. Yeah. And I mean, they all can do something. They're all face 570 plus stats. The average Pokemon is nowhere even close to that. So when you have access to an extra 30 stats on the average Pokemon, of course it's going to be better than most everything else in the format. Um, But that's about it for Bokum, really. Nothing crazy happened there. Um, Marcus winning an event is nothing new. (laughs) Not at all. And so, I know you mentioned talking about the usage stats for um, for Knoxville, which yes. you have a lot of notes from day one on, because I didn't get to watch a lot of day one. I was at work. I was able to, so I was able to watch, it was mostly like VOD, I had to, um, I, I, as you know, if anyone who's uh, viewing the video hasn't noticed, um, a lot different from where I usually record. I just moved about eight days ago, so I was um, I had um, my fiance's parents were over. They were helping us like hang some pictures up yesterday. So we I had to like balance like being a functional adult and also trying to watch Pokemon uh, tape. Like I was a high school football coach in Texas trying mm-hmm. to prep for Friday Night Lights. Um, but yeah, I do have some notes. Uh, so. Overall, um, your top 12 Pokemon for day one were, in this order, Fluttermane, Iron Bundle, Iron Hands, Amoongus, Great Tusk, Arcanine, Goldengo, Talonflame, Roaring Moon, Dragonite, Tyranitar, and Palafin. So, looking at just some overall notes, uh, that top three of Fluttermane, Iron Bundle, Iron Hands... Um, they are the three Pokemon that we put in S tier, uh, in our Paradox tiering, and mm. it's been the same top three all season. I think the only difference was, um, Where they were at in the top three. I think, I think it um, was, Iron it Hands was, uh, had Orlando. 
Yeah, it, and then, so it's been Fluttermane, Bundle, and Hands. It was the same order for Orlando, for, not Orlando, for OCIC. Mm-hmm. And Iron Hands was, I think it was like Iron Hands, Iron Bundle, Flutter. And then I think Flutter. It was like, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Um, other notes, just little fun things. Uh, the top six overall is the same as OCIC um, with Amoongus, Great Tusk, Arcanine, filling out the rest of the top six. Not and surprised five, that. And five out of the top six, um, the one not... Be, uh, five out of the top six, so it was the top four in Arcanine were, the to- were, fi- were uh, in the top four Orlando. Uh, another fun thing, Goldango has been number seven for all three events. Yeah, that's understandable. It's competing with Fluttermane for that same spot as strong ghost type special attacker on the on teams. And there's teams that play both, but it's hard to justify playing both when everyone has a good, usually strong answer in their own Fluttermane to yes. these uh, strong ghost types. Or their own Goldango, or even a Tyranitar, or other dark type Pokemon that can tear away from its fairy weakness and just blow them up. Now, finally, like my final note here is so it's the 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 other the latter three Pokemon in the top twelve, Dragonite, Tyranitar, and Palafin, are uh, newcomers to the day one top twelve. Um, Dragonite appearing on seemingly every team, filling almost every role you can think of. It has weirdly become a hard hitting Gloomon that fills many roles on many teams that's honestly just a really really fun pokemon to use who knew giving dragonite an actual flying type move was gonna make it really good you mean that wing attack wasn't enough no (laughs) you mean special hurricane wasn't enough no no you mean aerial ace wasn't actually no aerial ace that that's that's for when they put chance to shuffle back in here if they ever do that Please no. I can already hear Nishant and Carter just like pulling up their de- their degenerate teams with that. Just, oh gosh. Um, um, moving on with the other two, uh, Tyranitar is. Uh, I know we mentioned Armorusian Deity, um, which I think we're going to be talking about this that archetype a lot later on, and we already just did with um with mm-hmm. Pokem. Yeah. But um, Tyranitar is again another Gloomon. Um, you're going to see that a lot with those. Talonflame Great Tusk teams as the glue to help against the Trick Room teams. Um, AV Tyranitar just sits in front of Armadidi and looks at it fun. Yeah. And well, then there's nothing knocks it can it do. out. Yeah, there's no. literally nothing it can do. Um, so, like, well, the one cool thing that Tyranitar gets to do is it usually can carry either ice coverage or uh, fighting coverage in that last move slot. And so if you really want to punish like the Ndidi cores, you just play Ice Punch in the last yeah. slot. So now they can't safely Terra in front of you ever, even if they have a like Iron Hand sitting next to you to try and hit you for flying. Mm. Um, so because the way it works is the Ndidi Iron Hand's uh, Armor Rouge cores are looking, waiting for you to uh, dynam- are waiting for you to Terra your Tyranitar into flying, and then Iron Hands comes in and cleans it up. Um, because they can live that terror blast and then I'll kill you with a wild charge most of the time. And so now what you get to do is you can force the armorous to terror grass early and you just happen to have ice punch to hit it anyway. You know, it's, it's again, who would have thought that the, um, 
that again the 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 two pseudo legendaries like the, the basic ty- Tyranit- <laughs> yeah Tyranitar's good VGC um <laughs> Uh, base 600 Pokemon are very, very strong when everyone's yeah. playing base 570s. Uh, what <laughs> blows my mind a little is the fact that these are Pokemon. Like, like Dragonite is... Dragonite just turned 20, 27. Yep. Tyranitar is going to be, like, I think it's it's going to be, like, the 25th, 26th... No, 24th, 25th anniversary of Gen 2 mm-hmm. uh, coming out in Japan. Like, these are Pokemon that can legally drink. Yeah. These are Pokemon that are about as old as like as we are. They're very very close. Actually, I I, I am am like five no like yeah I'm like five ish months almost six months older than Dragonite. Like we have many listeners and mod staff um, supporters all over who who are younger than these two Pokemon that we just talked about, and that's just crazy. Yep. And then we have Palafin, who's a little baby, who is just a winner, and I love him so much. Uh, let's see here. Palafin has won every regional it's been in since Series 2 started. Is that uh, right? It is, th- it is three for three. Yeah. It is, and, it's, <laughs> and, the thing, and the crazy thing is, it's pretty much been on three different archetypes. And you're going to see it a lot. Uh, Palafin was 15.6%. It was number 12. We didn't see any Pelipper in the top 12. And it's because people are starting to realize that you don't need rain for Palafin. Yeah, you don't have to have it. You can just tear a water and it's the same thing. It does so much damage. I, I it is like before the because I was able to go into Gen Nine mostly blind, and I didn't even see know what Palafin was. I think it was until like my third day playing the game. I finally got to the area. I saw Finison for the first time, mm-hmm. and my first thought was, "Hello, you are now my new best friend." You're my friend now. <laughs> and then Spack told me that Pokemon's good, and I was like, "Thank God." Uh, but yeah, I've built, um, I, I've worked up a few Palafin teams, and I uh, clearly a lot of people are if it's 12th in usage. Um, and again, it's his first time all season where it hits the top 12, and that's just showing how good it is. I wouldn't be shocked if you see it break um, up a few spots into the top 10 um, in our next event, which is Vancouver. Vancouver is next, yes. Yes, Vancouver. Um, because it's not only is it just nationally rising, but when you're, again, three for three in majors wins, I think that if you aren't bringing Palafin at this point, you are not going to win a season two uh, major. Um, I think people kind of figure out how to beat Palafin. Uh, we already have some really cool tech in the form of Gothitelle kind of just stopping these palafin from trying to do their thing successfully you still can get away with it by usually just trading a ko for a ko um but a lot like the gothitelle plans are starting to really put the hurt and put the squeeze on palafin and it can be harder for it to succeed if they're not playing like flip turn um i'm sure we'll see more adaptations as the uh format kind of develops because one of the cool things about Palafin is just like, yes, you do have to switch it out to get the actual big damage form. It deals a lot of damage on its own, uh, and but it's not very bulky. It, it Usually the people aren't building a whole bunch of bulk into it. And so we'll start to see like Thunderbolt Fluttermane, Thunderbolt Goldango, um, 
maybe even some uh, Thunder Punch Tyranitars and things like that kind of start to creep into the format. Wild Charge Arcanine, um, just to deal with Palafin on the battlefield before it can become a problem. Might, maybe even, I'm not sure like what would run it, but... Te- more Terra Electric um, and Terra Electric Terra Blast coverage. Like there, there are going to be options. I just think that it's a Pokemon that I just think it's a really unique Pokemon, and clearly a Pokemon that has that winning mentality. Yeah. Um. Again, can't hasn't lost. Not hasn't yet, hasn't lost when it shows up at least. Yes. Um. Moving from the day one stats to the day two stats, there's not a whole lot of changes. Um, Roaring Moon and Tyranitar drop out. King Gambit and Mousehold take their place. Um, and just a couple of shuffle arounds here. Uh, four Paradox Pokemon, one, two, three, four in a row there. Fluttermane, Bundle, Iron Hands, and Great Tusk. Um, they're all just the most used Pokemon in day two. Not surprised. Um... Amoongus goes to top five. Goldengo gets out of seventh, finally. Um, goes to six. Arcanine drops out of it. Um, I think one of the things that's very interesting is that King Gambit was a Pokemon that was in the top 12, at least for OCIC. It might have been top 12 for Orlando as well, and it was its first time, or at least it's since the most recent event, out of the top 12. And when you move on to the day two, it goes right back in, slotting in at number 10. Again, just to show that while overall King Gambit is on a downturn, the top players uh, of Season 2 still really, Series 2, still really, really like this Pokemon. And it's I, still again, a very strong answer to the Fluttermane's Angle Dangos in the format. Exactly. Usually carrying that Assault Vest means you're also good in the bundle. It's just the Iron Hand and the Great Tusk that you have to really watch out for. But you have five of the Pokemon on your team to kind of play around that slot. And as well, like, you can... I know that we've seen some Terra Fire uh, King Gambits this weekend. Um, but the Terra... Like, and Terra Dark, in order to get those really, really strong boosts and Sucker Punches off. But Terra Flying as well. If you go Terra Flying, that King... Especially if you also have Terra Blast on your King Gambit. That Great Tusk goes from a massive weakness into a Pokemon that you're actually threatening hardcore. Terra Water gets to do the same thing. It's just, as long as you have that Terra Blast, you can threaten those Pokemon. But um, again, you're still weak to the Iron Hands. The Iron which, Hands is definitely a bigger issue. Yeah, you're going to be weak to Iron Hands with any of those Terras, except for Terrifier. That's the one you're not going to have to worry about. Um, and even then, it's just neutral. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I also were seeing Mousehold. Mousehold, um, again, another really, really interesting Pokemon introduced in Gen 9. Uh, we saw it in Series 1 with that Population Bomb Technician with Wide Lens just picking up KOs that no Pokemon should be able to pick up. Yep, it's gone. And it completely. It yeah. is now... Um, it, it, it's Clefairy. People have figured out that it's it's one of the best support Pokemon in the game. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it, it, Friend it, Guard is so strong. Uh, Follow Me is Friend very, Gu- very good. <laughs> Friend Guard's so strong that people are running Pavilion. Yeah, like, people are running Pavilion at these events just to have it. Um, I, I really like Mousehold as a support Pokemon. Everyone who's been playing the, like, the, the Technician Population Bombs, it was cool for a little while being like, I'm a... 
I'm going to play Mouse Ape, but I'm going to pick up two KOs on turn one. Um, I like these support builds a lot better. And I mean, like, and for those of you who are playing the support build, that doesn't mean you can't play Population Bomb. If you have the spot on your move set on, on your move set within your team to take advantage of that population bomb go for it, it, it it's it's not going to hit as hard as the technician set but it's still going to hit really hard um, um it also requires you to play the wide lens item to be reliable that's listen, that's the issue i i never said the word reliable I said you could pick up, you could pick up KOs. That if, is the if, key word. No, like if you're going to play Population Bomb, you have to play Wide Lens with it, just so you, you can no, pick you up do. those KOs. Um, because Population Bomb will not be picking up KOs without it most of the time. No. Uh, so I, I do they like the Super Fang, uh, like Baby Doll Eyes sets that are very popular. I like that it's not just Annihilate Mousehold anymore. I like, I like that as well. That. I like that it's like there's Great Tusk Annihilate. Um, there's uh, Great Tusk Mouthhold. Yeah, there's Great Tusk. Like Great Tusk is now the Annihilate in that slot because it's just like I don't want to get hit, or if I do get hit, I want to be able to live more than one hit. And so now it's like Mouthhold slots really well into that slot because I'm going to give you extra defense with my friend guard. I can redirect some of the damage that you would be taking. Um, from single target attacks, and I can even kind of be more support than that because you get things like taunt, baby doll eyes, uh, super fang to make sure you pick up KOs, stuff like that. You also have helping hand, uh, thanks to great to help great sashes and also great protects. You have beat up. Uh, one of the combinations that I've really liked is um, using beat-up mouse not with Annihilate, but with Goldango and have it hold a weakness policy. Um, plays a little similar. We're not exactly the same, but, like, um, going back to, like, Moltres G plus um, Comfy with the, with the, uh, with, with the, the policy, or just, like, really want Moltres G with any policy proctor. Um, Moltres gets its policy procced, and then is able to use a spread attack that does a ton of damage. Mm -hmm. Goldango, same exact thing. I mean, pl a plus two make it rain um, is a minus two Pokemon for your opponent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the overall day two data, um, Dragonite still very, very good. <laughs> Uh, it's I believe it was ninth before and it jumped to eighth, which is cool. I can't read the percentages on the day two screenshot. It was uh, um, twenty three percent. So going through, so uh, oh yeah, no, I grabbed an awful image. Uh, I can read it though. Fifty eight percent of so Flutterman was top fifty eight percent. Dragnet was on twenty three percent of teams. Um, you also had Bundle at 50s. I want to say, yeah, that's uh, 55, 55 or 56.4. So Bundle and Fluttermane were on over half of the Day 2 team. So 55. Which, not surprising. Not at all. They, they are two of the best Pokemon. Um, they're um, amazing. Yeah. And they're also insanely, insanely splashable Pokemon. 
because you can, and I think that's the, one of the things with this top 12 or even the day one top, more so this top 12 than the day one top 12, but you can take six Pokemon from this list and mix and match them, and there's probably um, dozens of permutations of these six of six of these twelve Pokemon that can make really really good teams, um, and that also isn't to say that um, the meta game is hyper focused because it is not. We saw a lot of crazy 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 teams this week. Yeah, there was a lot of unique things going on. Um, we'll get to those here in just a second. Yes, um, but. Overall, the, the the event felt diverse. Uh, a lot of people going into open team sheets were worried that the creativity is going to die, the format's going to be stale, and it is very far anything from that. This has been... I think this is partially because it is still in its limited dex format. Once Incineroar gets added back to the game, it's going uh, to... I will be the play. first person to tell you the odds of Incineroar getting added to the game are very, very low. So part of me doesn't want it for that reason, because I really like people using different Pokemon different roles. Part of me also really misses it, because, God, how brain-dead it was to just say, okay, I need boot... I need, like... Four different things, and Cinderor does it all. Smack it on, done. Yeah, didn't have um, to waste any brain cells on that uh, endeavor. It's it's mainly just like Incineroar isn't hinted to be anywhere coming to the game. They're definitely looking at focusing on different generations of starters to come to the game, which that's all DLC stuff. We'll get to that in a little bit, but um, the odds of Incineroar, like Incineroar, is nowhere to be seen in any of the game files. Not like it was in Sword and Shield where it was hidden in the game files and was yeah. added in Series 3. That That's not... That's, we're going to get something similar to that, but it's not going to be Incineroar. It's going to likely be the Gen 6 starters. We yeah. already saw Greninja. We know Delphox and Chespin and Chestnut are also waiting in the wings for their event. Uh, we know the Gen 8 starters are also waiting behind for their eventual release of, like, Rillaboom and Teleon as well. So... We'll get our starters. We'll get our Series 3 refresh of the format like we got for Sword and Shield. Um, but I, w I wouldn't say that the early parts of this format is the reason why it's so diverse. I think it's just there's so many strong Pokemon that we can play and different archetypes that you can use. And you, can, you can more so pick and choose what you like and what you play with because there's Pokemon that fill the same role across different teams no they, they definitely are no i will say one one of those examples for a pokemon that we saw a lot on stream is to rule edge and i am just going to use this time now um to apologize to our our friend chris uh c larkin in the discord um who i told uh was uh so rule edge was just worse um annihilate and um i'm wrong this is audio proof of me saying i'm wrong and uh, it's the last we're going to talk about this. Um, <laughs> but like, the thing is, it's like, at the basis, they're ghost-type Pokemon that are physical attackers with a move that heals themselves, that's also stab, and they have bulk up, and you just bulk up, and then you just punch things and heal yourself and delete things. Yeah. But they went and 
I mean, there were, while Cerule Edge wasn't a Pokemon you saw a lot on day two, in day one, it was on a lot of really unique teams, and especially with, it was like a, te a, a Steel Terra type, um, in order to take advantage of the Flash Fire ability, in order to make it, in some senses, unkillable, um, where it would, where Bitter Blade would recover more damage than it was receiving. Um, it, it is a really unique Pokemon, and while it does, it, it falls under that same household or like niche type as Annihilate, it also goes on diff different styles of teams, different styles of play, and it is a Pokemon that, like, while I didn't um, fully respect it, like, it, it is very, very good. Mm -hmm. And even what we were saying with, with, um, Mousehold and Pavilion, like sometimes you might want like you might want to support the mousehold because Pavilion gives redirect um redirection and rage powder, but also your speed control. You might want that. It also has safeguard, something that Mousehold doesn't have and a lot of Pokemon don't have. There is a lot of status going around, whether it is um Thunder Waves from Clefkeys, um Will O' Wisp from multiple Pokemon namely Talonflame and Arcanine, of course, Immunity Sleep. Um, having Safeguard, it's like, that's that's its own like little niche, fast Safeguard to get that protection up that a lot of other teams, like, they don't have the ability to protect themselves from the status. Yep. That probably wraps up overall usage from Knoxville. Let's talk yes. about the top cut. Let's... Um, the winner, uh, was the number one overall seed overall, Justin Tang. Um, for those that may not know, uh, this was their very first event, their very first regionals, uh, took it down in sweeping fashion, um, 12 and two through Swiss and the team overall looks standard on paper. Like you're not seeing anything out of the ordinary. Um, no, it, it is very standard. Um, uh, the team being Arcanine, Palafin, Amoongus, uh, Iron Hands, Fluttermane, and Gothitelle. It's just... So five... oh, here's, here's my Firewater Grass Core, here's my Iron Hands, here's my Fast Mode, here's my Gothitelle. Literally, it's just mm -hmm. right down the line, just very, very structured, very, very simple. Um checks a lot of boxes that are easy for people to kind of just pick up and play which is really cool um but like you were saying it is it is a lot of the most used pokemon it, it is and the thing is it's like but again it's when you're going through a lot of these teams it's there isn't another team in cut that looks like justin's even though he's using four of the top six pokemon and five of the top 12, there isn't another team on this list that's like, oh, this is Justin's team. It's... I mean, Luca's team is five of the six. You know, <laughs> it's different, though, because there's only one kind of speed control. And Justin has two. Unless I'm misremembering and I may... No, he, his, his goth does have trick room. Uh, Luca's has uh, Roaring Moon. Instead of Gotham. Well, I'm saying no. Uh, Ju Justin's Goth has Trick Room, so that that's what I'm saying. Like the difference is like uh, uh, Lucas has two types of speed control, and uh, 
I'm sorry, Justin says two kinds of speed control, and Lucas only has one. What's the second one on Justin's? Doesn't, his, doesn't Justin's Goth have a trick room, or am I remembering that wrong? Justin's Goth has trick room. I don't know where you're trying to get your second form of speed control. I can't count. That math degree is doing Yeah, I was about to say, I don't me. know where you're seeing a second speed control option here. It's literally just trick room. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Uh, this... <laughs> This is the last time we're to be on the podcast, apparently. I'm about to say, yeah, Rose, Rose <laughs> might have to get retired here. Um, we we'll brought out to pasture. But it is interesting that Justin's team and Luca's team are both very, very similar, uh, with just one difference in the Gothitelle Roaring Moon slot. Um, and they finished pretty close to each other, uh, both 12-2 and two in Swiss, number one seed versus number three seed. Um... There were there was Wolf Click in number four, which had the the Marcus Statter team, which was very very powerful. Um, I think Mar I think Wolf just kind of got the short end of the draw when it comes to opponents in top eight, because Torkoal Lilligant seems very strong into what Wolf and Marcus were trying to do. It definitely does. Lily I like even just watching. Um... So the top four, so uh, top, so Wolf's opponents in top eight, um, Nick Navari, uh, also known as uh, Nails on uh, on Twitter. So Nails is the set between Nails and Justin in the semifinals might be the best set I have ever watched. Like at least for Scar the Scarlet and Violet era of BGC, and that set specifically. So it was Terror Ghost. Um, Lilligant and the amount of immediate pressure that that little flower child would put on the field the second it got on there is just so, absolutely something else. Whether it was um, just the immediate sleep pressure, the after you, or just the damage you put out with its grass type stabs, um, fake out immunity. And not only does the Terror Ghost give it fake out immunity, but specifically against some of the other teams in Top Cup. Um, again, Justin uh, Justin Tang, who nails face and sadly did lose to in uh, top four. In, yes, in, in the semis. In top four, yeah. That Terror Ghost allowed Lilligan to be act as his pivot against the Gothitelle. Yeah, that's a that's Shadow a big thing. Yeah, being ha having those go those Terror Ghosts is important now, right? It really is. Um, you had uh, three Gothitelles. Um, ran by Wolf Glick, Justin Tang, and uh, the Yates seed Justin Harris in top cut. And Gothitelle was a Pokemon that was, um, we didn't see it as much in OCIC, but going back at the use, looking at the usage stats for um, Orlando, I believe it was 11 or 12 of the top 32 teams. Yes, it was Gothitelle. very high. Yeah, I think it was, like, the number four Pokemon of, like, top 32 teams. And so it's, like, at least um, for American trainers, Gothitelle is a Pokemon that the top players really, really like. And as you've alluded to earlier, it's because of that Shadow Tag, the ability to stop people from pivoting in and out, to force it into that chess game of... Um, I can move my pieces, but you can't. And through that, with the open team sheet, you're able, these, especially these top players, are able to create these pivots and to create these 
turns where they can double target a single slot and they know that they're getting a pretty much getting a KO for free. Yeah. Um looking through the rest of Nick's team here, that has that Dragonite, it has the Garrett Tusk, it has King Gambit. So it has a very strong physical presence as well. Mm-hmm. Um King Gambit and Dragonite can both kind of just ignore the intimidate um from an Arcanine or anything else. Um, which would be a threat to Great Tusk. And then we have Fluttermane to kind of round out the special attacking speed part of the team. Uh, overall, the Nails, uh, Nick's team is very, very strong. I like it. I think we'll start to see more teams like that kind of approach the format. Um, one of the things that you don't really think about, too, is the fact that Nick's Paradox Pokemon both benefit from the sun. And that's that, part and that of the reason a... why we don't see Torkoal as much is because a lot of the good Paradox Pokemon are the ones that Sun benefits. And I think the other thing, and this is just something that a lot of people were saying, I know that initially when we did our thing, like I was thinking maybe group on it more being a setup Pokemon, not setup, a trick room Pokemon, and Screamtail being like more of like a trick room setter than being just like the the Overall, stupid like, fast faster support, support Perishmon. I saw that's why I thought that like some would be better. One of the key things, this is a Torhole team that does not have room. We know this uh Nails is um Fluttermane was a Specs Fluttermane, which was a very, very common tech throughout the course of this tournament. We saw a lot of Specs Fluttermanes uh cover using the fairy coverage of both Aslan Gleam and Moon Blast, Shadow Ball, Shadow Ball coverage moves such as like I, we saw Thunderbolt and we saw um, Power Jam as the two most common uh, fourth coverage moves. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, it was Justin who ran the Sash Fluttermane, and that Sash was big because he was able to 100% eat that hit from opposing Fluttermanes. And then, depending on how they were trained, threatened them with either a massive, at least a massive chunk of damage done to them, if not an Oko, if the Specs Fluttermane didn't have that bulk investment, um, or if they didn't, especially if they didn't Terra. Yeah. Uh, the Specs Fluttermanes get to play a little bulkier, too, because they're not having to worry about investing as much into their special attack because they're going to get those damage rolls a little easier, right? And mm-hmm. so that's 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 the trade-off, right? Is you either get to play the Sash and you have to invest fully in your special attack, or you play the Specs and uh, play a little bit bulkier and still play fast, but you get to live those hits a little bit easier. You have a lot of the KOs that would normally pick up the, the uninvested non-Sash ones. You don't have to worry about it as much anymore. I really do like enjoy the Specs variant. I think it's very intriguing. I think we're seeing more of it as everything goes on. Um, I think that was another thing that we lost from Generation 8 was choice items didn't work with Dynamax. And so with no Dynamax, these choice items are a lot better. Like I remember in like Series 0, there was some team that... um, uh, that Chase ran a uh, Tiki, um, and it was like a triple like choice team. Yeah, it had all three items on it. Yeah, yeah. and Which... that was like, like 
we haven't seen that. Um, in, in early formats, in that's fine. <laughs> in early, in early, in early testing formats, it's usually fine. Anymore, like as the format starts to get to where we're like where we're at now, one to two choice items is fine. You don't want to be having all three on your team and be locked into really bad scenarios. The fact that it, however, like it's still there. Like we haven't seen, like even like. Because I'm trying to. It, did Nails use? What was his Dragonite's item? Because I, I, I want to think it might have been banned. It's either banned or lum because I believe the assault vest was on the King Gambit and uh, the sash was on the. Uh... I wanted, yeah, I want to say it was he. He did have it was banned, so like he did have like two or the three, which is which is still like. I mean, well, one is a lot more compared to pre- compared to generators, but having two, that is definitely again like a shift in how we're using items and how we're approaching item usage um, compared to the Dynamax format. That just shows like the adaptation uh, that players have been making. Yeah. Uh, moving to the other side of the bracket, uh, we have our semifinalist runner-up, uh, Aaron Clemens, Indeedy. Armor Rouge, Torkoal, uh, Iron Hands, Murkrow, and Garchomp. Yes, yeah, so this was uh, two different events, uh, Bokeman and... Um, Bokeman and... And Knoxville. Knoxville. And, and, and always two different Armadinis. <laughs> always the so, bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> so I actually am going to uh, give you a ton of props for this Carl um, right before we were recording Chris and I were talking about this when you made your Armadini video for the deep dive a few weeks ago the main thing you t- you came out of it was Armadini can be good Armadini user needs to adapt they need to figure out a better four to go along with those the, the two and they need to move with the format Aaron Clemens' team, uh, along with the Armadini, featured Torkoal, Hands, Murkrow, and Garchomp. Is this so, Murkrow's first top cut? In Series 2, I think so. I think it might have had a top cut in Series 1 and got knocked out immediately. Um, I know that it was a big thing, so Aaron was the only Murkrow uh, user to make it to day two. So that is a one of one. It is a tail room version. Even like Chris was saying to me how it's like when he was watching, um, when, when we were watching, he's like, I don't think I've seen, at least on a lead, like Armourouge and Indeedee never led together or like they were very rarely, if at all, on the field at the same time. It was always like mixing and matching the partner with one of those two key members mm-hmm. um, and having that really fast mode with the tailwind with Garchomp there um, is like added an extra dynamic to this team and when you went and made that deep dive I'm not sure if like this is like the adaptation that you, ha- that you had in your mind but it is an adaptation to what we expected the arm the armors and DD teams to look like at the start of series two and while the archetype as a whole isn't doing like overall amazing um there are players who are taking it and then taking it to the next level yeah um in terms of the creativity and 
Aaron definitely did that by making finals with a team that a lot of people wrote off as low as like a low table game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm currently going back through and looking at like top cuts. Um, Luca had Rekro in London. Okay. In Liverpool, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another one in eighth in that event, but that is the only other event. And and series one Murkrow was a lot different from series yeah, two. Yeah, series Murkrow. one Murkrow is a lot different than series two Murkrow. Series series one Murkrow was actually used. Yeah, uh, series two it's it's a lot harder to get away with it. Um, it Talon Flame has become the like the premier Tailwind Center now because it has other tools that Murkrow obviously doesn't get that are relevant to the format. Uh, Willowis being a big thing. Um, but... I think the other thing that really helps Talonflame is the fact that um, with the Dark type Pokemon or even the Pokemon that are going Terra Dark, you can uh, Talonflame is still able to use that. You still super, get to interact with them. <laughs> yes. You can't just sit there and watch them beat you up. Um, yep. But part of it is like they they did kind of adapt to what I was talking about. It's just like Indeedee and Armorous together have been. Sh- notably strong it's very strong in like the blind formats because they have a ton of moves you can pick from and you guess wrong they usually just get you um but in the open team sheet is where they've always historically struggled um and i think having that iron hands and that torkoal helps that a little bit uh but also just having the fast mode being able to go tailwind plus garchomp or tailwind plus iron hands uh, and kind of maybe try to run people down. Um, definitely gives this team a different type of feel than the standard traditional Indeedy Armor Rouge teams that we've been seeing. Even like the like the Armor Rouge, like you can put it in trick in, in Tail Room, Tailwind. There we go. That was my word. Yeah, Armor Rouge and is still fast. <laughs> I think it's like base seven. I can just look it up. I want to say it's base seventy. Um, I think uh, min speed is seventy two. Where are you? Seventy five. I mean, kill me for five points. Base seventy five. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, but like the thing is, like base seventy five, it's like it's at that speed point where, it, in depending on how you train it, I don't think a lot of people are running zero speed, um, armorers. So like even if you don't have like any speed investment in it. And you just have a thirty-one speed IV, so like third, like neutral uninvested is eighty. So you get to one, you get to one sixty in um, tailwinds. Like that's that's not like insignificant. Like that's something to really like. Like it's not the worst. Yeah. And so it's it's not like it become it's not like torpor, which it goes from insanely slow slower than any other pokemon on the field usually to still really slow mm. like armor rouge it's depending on the training of, of the other pokemon like an armor rouge and tailwind should be able to outspeed like a great tusk and threaten it with a uh with mixed with a super fast expanding force or yeah. psychic or psy shock and that's something that you're able to do with that pokemon and again add that extra dynamic to the team because there could be a point where maybe 
Trick Room isn't the right move, but you still want Armor Rouge. Yep. Well, you have the Murkrow with Tailwind, and you can position the Armor Rouge in a different manner. Yep, still get to do your very strong damage if your Trick Room gets denied, essentially. Um, looking at the uh, last two teams we haven't really touched on are both the Dondozo teams. Yep. Um, I... After hearing how the patch notes are supposed to fix order up, I think a lot of players just like put Dondozo on the shelf and walked away from it because they weren't sure when the patch was going to go live. I agree with that. Um, just from what people have been saying or were saying about the tournament, of people who I, I were at the tournament, even uh, yeah, I believe it was Justin right before the finals when they did like the finalists interview said that he thinks. No, it wasn't Justin. I want to say it was. I know it was Justin said he only faced like one or two Dondozo and Aaron. Like when they like said like I have not seen as many Dondozo and I, as he ex like as he expected, and he was very happy about it. I mean, oh, I, most people are. Um, yeah, Dondozo is being getting that order up fix is going to be a big hit to what Dondozo can do competitively. Um. Because you're already were you were already disadvantaged a lot of the time in the two v one situation, if they had any kind of like Arcanine or Haze or Clear Smog to really remove your boost that you get, being able to order up into a Protect or into a a, a well timed switch meant that you could at least still play the game. Now I think. Um, seeing any kind of haze from palafin or murkrow or anything or any kind of good intimidate pivot the dondozo matchup immediately just falls into the and falls off a cliff it's just done so i will go i don't think it's going to be because i know you you last week you said that you thought it was going to be unplayable i don't think it's going to be unplayable However, I do think it's going to definitely fall off as a team. It's going to go into that more niche. You're gonna, what that, you're going to see is teams like um, the one that was in Bokum. The one without order up. There's no order up to use anymore. Now they're using a, whatever Tatsugiri cause they want because they're not, they don't care about order up anymore. They're going to use Wave Crash and Earthquake to try to deal their damage. And then use substitute and rest to kind of heal up and speed this bulky stall Pokemon. So there were a couple of things just looking at these Dozo teams. Uh, the first one, both of them are running the Double Ghost, um, Goldango, and um, Fluttermane. So I know Car uh, Carl, you mentioned how it's like one or the other. Dozo teams want both Ghost types. Yeah, they um, want to pick up as many KOs as fast as possible. So we had Zachary Thornburg, who, um, outside of, actually, both these teams, outside of Fluttermane, did not use any Paradox Pokemon. Zachary Thornburg, the seventh seed, who did lose to uh, finalist Aaron Clemens in top eight, uh, rounded out his uh, Ghost Duo Dozo with Sylveon and Meowskarada. Now, Meowskarada is another Pokemon that we really haven't seen a lot of um, during Series 2. Uh, I know on Pedalytics in the last month of Series 1, um, Yaskarada was actually the number one Pokemon usage at like 40-something percent, 40.42 percent. Mm -hmm. uh, and once Series 2 came along, it completely died off. 
I'm assuming it's because um, both Bundle and Hands and Fluttermane, actually, yeah, it's because of the top three Pokemon, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> that, that moment when you f- remember that uh, Fairy beats Dark. Yep, Fairy beats Dark, uh, Ice beats Dark, uh, Ice beats Grass, Fighting beats Dark. Uh, you don't hit um, anything really, like, super-duper hard. Like, so, you're kind of I, I think, a sitting duck for the most part. I think a flower trick probably would, because you're looking at base 55 HP and physical defense on Fluttermane. If you outspeed um, it. <laughs> that, that's the trick, is you gotta hit it first. <laughs> and most of the time, you're not gonna hit it. Yeah. Now, Sylveon on the other end, I really do like Sylveon. Especially with all of the Dragonite coming up. Uh, we just saw Garchomp in top eight. We saw a Baxcalibur wing OCIC. Now, I know a lot of those Pokemon have to Terra, are, are going to Terra out of their fairy type weaknesses. However, if you're, again, if you're forcing a specific Pokemon to Terra, you can create pins, you can make educated guesses and edu- educated decision making on uh, certain play lines and force your opponent to play more linear which even if like you're forcing their backs caliber to go terror poison well that means that maybe another pokemon you have like the, the earthquake from dozo now is going to really threaten that backs caliber and you're forcing yeah. it into that position because of that sylveon uh, i think it's a very good pokemon and I think it's going to be one that might end up seeing um, more play in Vancouver and Fort Wayne. Um, what I'm interested in is Carson's team with this Flamigo. The meme team, dream team over here. Um, so, here's the, <laughs> so here's the thing. So Esther went and said, what is the Flamigo doing? And I'm like, it's the meme. It's and the then thing. she, and she said, Angelo, it's Sash ta- Tatsugiri. Yeah, the meme doesn't work. So Flamigo is not doing the meme; it's just doing its best. Oh no, it still gets to do the meme sometimes. Um, specifically into like things like Titar, and uh, other Pokemon doing that sort of thing. Um, if you can get the Tatsugiri to its Sash. And then get it in the mouth. Sand chip will still hit the Tatsugiri, and take it out, and then you still get to do the thing. What? Yeah, Tatsugiri is not immune to. Ev- it's not. It just can't target it. So 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 it gets sand. Sand chip, poison chip, burn chip, all that. Works. I, I I knew I knew the the poison and the burn. But, but like, um, what chip. everyone's forgetting is there's Parish Song on the Fluttermane. Okay, that also makes sense. Um, you get to just perish song, do the whole switchy swatchy thing, yep. and then you have co-star activate with Flamigo with a big dozo. That gets very sad seeing Murkrow across from it. <laughs> or Palafin. Um, they're also doing the Wide Lens uh, Population Bomb Mousehold. Yeah, honestly, outside of the Fluttermane, it is a Series 1 team. Like, actually, like, I, I honestly like want to say... Like, actually. Like, legitimately, I think these, these are, like, 
four of the six Pokemon that Wolf Glick used to get to like the ser- like the day one series one. Ladder. You literally take Fluttermane out, put Annihilate in its spot. This is yeah. the meme, right? Like yep. this is the I'm going to pick up two KOs. I may lose my Pokemon in the process, but I have Dozogiri in the back to just sweep you up afterwards, right? I'm still distraught that like Tatsugiri gets hit with sand in Dozo's. I'm 99% certain that still happens. No, like, I'm just thinking of, like, like the actual, like, uh, I'm going full Carter here. I'm thinking of the actual, like, physics of how does sand get into the Dozo's mouth. Does it go like that? Ow. Dozo's mouth is never closed. <laughs> I apologize. Like every time it o- it's, it opens it, so I'm assuming sand gets in there somehow. Um, it just baffles me. But yeah, the fact that this team made top eight in a 650 person. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right. Like this is amazing. this is the meme team. This is great, and I love it. And with that, that pretty much wraps up Knoxville coverage. Pretty much a super, super fun tournament. A lot of Greek Pokemon. Uh, I missed half of it because I couldn't listen to day one coverage. Something with their microphones was driving me nuts. That you know, We talked about this. I do think, and actually comparing to Victory Road, I'm not sure. Because the casters cannot say enough good things about the casters. I think they're amazing. Yeah, the pre- they were great. The production. The production. I think, I don't know if TPCI has switched production companies or if these, um... It could have just been the event hall, right? Like, something... It could be. It's just as easy as something just being grounded and creating a loop in the microphones. I don't know what it was. I could hear it on my earbuds, and it was driving me up a wall. So I just had to take my earbuds out, put them away, and just watch. So I wasn't listening to what was going on while I was working, but I could come back and watch a little bit of it in every like five, ten minutes, and then I'd have to go do something else. With that being said, four series, uh, day one actually, so like the Swiss round to day two. Let me just talk about some of the Pokemon. I'm just going to mention names and go through the Pokemon we've seen. We saw um, a double weather cam. We saw a double weather uh, um, Obama Snow Tyranitar team. Sick. So, we saw a team with a bomb of snow and camera up dying. Ooh. We saw, ca- yeah, we had an electro team. These were like I heard high- about that one. That one I heard yeah. about. Yeah, we had a. God, I'm going through. We had electro. We had like all the cerulege teams. Like mm-hmm. there were a lot of like super. Like I saw a bomb of snow like two or three times this weekend, and just like my heart. Like I, I say, boys for life. I do um, think Obama Snow plus like Bundle can do something in this format. I think people just have to figure out the right support for it. So I do know that in Japan there was a an Obama Snow Bundle Palafin team that won like this massive like up like Japanese event, and it wasn't a usual like best of one. It was like they actually did like best of three. I can't remember the other three Pokemon on it. I know the the rental code's out there somewhere. Probably like a little after this, I'm going to be I'm going to um, go find it. <laughs> I'm going to uh, no. It's I sent it to SPAC, and so it's somewhere in our in my DMs with them. And so I'm going to then 
get the rental code onto my cart and I'm going to ladder the master ball because I promised to myself that I was going to ladder the master ball every single month. You and got so, a day. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. I did. I, I went from I went from pokeball or like beginner one all the Let way. Let me basketball. rephrase this. You got a business day. <laughs> Amanda's upstairs watching Twilight. I'm fine. <laughs> I can do this right after we finish. I can go and make dinner and then get to basketball. I need like seven wins. I'll be good. Um, I haven't touched VGC in a hot minute. I'm playing Unite. That's all I do now because I'm not going to events, so I'm not going to spend time worrying about VGC formats and stuff for outside of content. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a local hosted by the literal like no joke like the literal goat like the greatest person ever uh, in VGC, Chalky, um, in two weeks, and then there is another um, in the New England VGC group. There's another uh, shop that is uh, trying to start monthly locals mm-hmm. um, in March, and turns out it's 25 minutes from my new apartment. Well, so I have, I have no excuse not to go. So exactly. I, might, I, might, I might have two locals to go to uh, in a month, and I have a bunch of ideas, and almost all of them revolve around either Obama Snow or Palafin or both. Or both, yeah. Um... So I get to use a bunch of fun different teams. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no no majors, maybe NAIC for me. Um, I know Which, that like, that's the weekend before the Fourth of July now. So do with that information what you will. Completely off topic, a little on topic. When I was like younger, when, well, when I still lived with my parents, and my parents still lived up where I live and where I had the lake house, we would have absolute bangers. Because it was the 4th of July and we had a lake house. Yeah. Uh, now my parents live seven hours away and I'm in an apartment. So the 4th of July is not as fun anymore. Like, nah, you still go out and have fun. It's just you got to have a different I, type of fun. Yes, I, I will be in Columbus, Ohio. Um, can't think of anything to say. I'm about to say, Columbus. there's nothing fun in Ohio. I'll tell you that for free. Initially, it was to go visit Aaron. Nah, that's not a thing anymore. And then he moved. Yep. So, actually, my old job there, my, my old job, so my old job, the consulting company I worked for was based out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Actually, in Columbus. So, technically, I could go talk to my old boss. I, I guess if you really want to go do that, hey. you can go do that. I'm going to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that's uh you want you want to get into because I know Carter gave uh, his Pokemon day. You yeah. want to give your Pokemon day? Uh, uh, we'll start with you first. My Pokemon day predictions are simple. Uh, DLC, uh, Gen Five remake, new mystery dungeon game. Okay. That's it. That's that's I'm not a hard man to please. Um, okay, so so this is what you want. This is this is I'm expecting DLC and I'm expecting a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon remake. I would like Gen 5 remakes just so I can play Gen 5 and not have to spend an absorbent amount of money just trying to pick up uh, a copy of Black White or Black 2 Black White 2. <laughs> Cuz I don't know if you've seen the price of retro games for the Pokemon games. They are not cheap anymore. 
I mean, I mean, in general, yes. I haven't looked at Gen Five games because I still have. Actually, in my apartment, I have black, white, my brother's white, my black, oh, I black, his white, my black too, his white too. So, like, that's not, like, I, I still have the cards to do so. Um, I will say this, it's not on my Pokemon Day predictions. I think, I don't think we're getting, if we do get a Gen 5 remake, it's going to be a... Legends. I, I think that's the next way we're going to do Gen 5. I think the, the next game, like Legends game, will be a Legends of Nova. Um, with the way that they're focusing, like, the flagship game of the generation is, like, the only game for competitive play, there really isn't much of a reason to do the remakes um, on Nintendo's side, which is why BDSP were done by the third party um, uh, the third party uh, game developer. And it's, it's, how... it's, it's not the third party, it's their subsidiary. Subsidiary, yes. Because they're, how... they're still owned by Game Freak. <laughs> it's just, it wasn't and the Game how... Freak team. Yeah. And with how poorly, poorly recepted uh, the reception was for BDSP, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I, I actually think a more likely endpoint for the Gen 5 games is they find some way to port three, like the DS games to the eShop, and they're like, here you go. We uh, just got that... the Game Boy ones. We're not going to get the DS ones anytime soon. We just got the, well, that's we what just I'm got the Game think... Boy player. We're not getting the DS player anytime soon. I do. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think we're getting We'll get a Gen new 5. Switch before we get that. Yeah, I think we're getting a new Switch before we're getting Gen 5. Um... Let's go into mine. Yeah, you got a lot. You've been, you've been hyping these up all evening. So Mine start out very mild. It's going to be the usual. New Cafe Remix updates. New Masters updates. Unite updates. Uh, Pokemon update. I can tell you the Unite updates right now. Zacian, sure. Gudra, Lapras. Okay. That's it. That, that's, all, that's all they got to do. Give us is, the dates for that's give, fine. Zacian's probably uh we get a, we have a patch today as of recording. Like we at the time of recording, there is a patch for Unite going live right now for tomorrow. I bet you dollars to pay so Zacian comes out tomorrow. Or today. In Pokemon Day. No, I I, I definitely think that that's gonna be the case of like a character like um a Pokemon being added. Like here's um, Zacian. Pokemon Go, you're wanting to get Pokemon Go news. I think the main Pokemon Go thing, and it was already came to that, and apparently, like, I did some looking into it. Um, there, it is already in, like, the most recent update. When, when, po so Pokemon Go was used to leak Gimme Ghoul, and it was already hinted in, like, the Pokemon Go, like, Gimme Ghoul video, that they were going to do a Gimme Ghoul event mm. later on to like connect the two games so i think that's it's not going to like go live tomorrow or like on pokemon day but i think it's going to be announced like hey we're doing this event where you can get like this gen 9 pokemon in pokemon go and you'll be able to connect pokemon go with um your switch which is the first like bigger um prediction i have is that they will give us the date for uh pokemon bank compatibility you mean home? So that, that... Yes, I dated myself about 10 years. Pokemon <laughs> Home compatibility. Uh, the, se 
the second prediction that's like a again we're ramping up a little um seven star raids i think they're going to announce the schedule for blastoise and venusaur so we can get all three kanto starters we already got four if you count pikachu yeah, we, we, we let it off with Charizard, we just got Pikachu, and one of the key things to note with the Pikachu raids that are currently live right now is that the Pikachu raids are ending at the end of the Pokemon, like right as the Pokemon Day presentation is about to start. Mm-hmm. Usually they end on the earlier side, they're actually having them go a little longer, so it ends like right before the presents. So yeah, I think it's, going- it's the Pokemon Day celebration early thing. Yeah. Um, I will burst your bubble. The models for Venusaur and Blastoise aren't in the game right now. So they'll have to add those in uh, via the patch if we're going to do that. Yeah, we have the patch. Okay, well, that, that, that's a gamble. By they me. weren't in the patch notes saying that they're adding that, uh, but if it might they be... Also getting... had, yeah, they also had that little sentence of, we're adding other things, and maybe the other things they're adding are... The other two Kanto starters. Maybe. Probably not, but... Who knows? We'll, fi- we'll find out. Yeah. Um, next, I also think this is actually on the safer side. DLC. Yeah. I think it's going to be two waves. I think we're going to get a... Again, a Just summer like they did release. before, a summer and a winter. Yep. A summer a summer, yeah. and like yeah, like a late fall, early winter. Um, the next thing, so I do think we're going to get a mystery dungeon. It will not be a new mystery dungeon. I think you're just gonna going to revamp. I think no. I think we're going to get the Gen Three games plus Red Rescue Team added to the eShop. Do you mean like the Pokemon Red Rescue the Game Boy the Game Boy ones like on the Game Boy the Player? Game... Yep. Ah, okay. So yeah, that that's. And what it wouldn't I make much I... sense to do those since they have the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX is. Essentially, the uh, the the first one remake. Yeah, but they can double dip and make you go and buy the online, and you'll have it there. Or for the people who didn't get the mystery dungeon, they can go and say, "Oh, well, I'll pay like a little less to get the upgrade my switch online to get this one." They can eh, still it's about mine. the same overall. <laughs> do you do you have the expansion plus? It it's it's more than a game's worth. <laughs> I do not have the expansion plus. I, do you want I, the expansion plus? <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> we'll talk after because the thing is so long. So like, I like, I love Fire Emblem. Not the new ones though. I actually like do not enjoy any of the newer Fire Emblems. Like anything after Awakening, I just hasn't clicked. But like the older ones, Chef's Kiss. So when they said that Blazing Sword was going to be one of the expansion pass games, I already told Amanda the day that that comes out, I'm going to sit my ass on the couch, and um, she can expect nothing of me. Dang. And that is it's it's honestly it's my favorite game ever. I think I've I've had to have played it like close to a hundred times, mm-hmm. and I'm looking to forward to playing it. At, like at least a hundred, like for the hundred first time, I just absolutely love it. It's um a childhood favorite, and it's something that I really enjoy. Actually, what really sucks is that, um, and this is actually going to something one of um Carter's uh, predictions from last week. 
where well, at least one of his talking points was how they have the Pokemon TCG game for the Game Boy Color, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, maybe they'll put like the the num- like the... the Japanese port for two. So there is um there are three Fire Emblems that came out for the GBA. So it's a uh, Sealing Sword, which is the sixth game, which features Roy. The seventh, um, Blazing Sword, which was just Fire Emblem, the first game in the States, uh, which is the prequel to Sealing Sword. It features like pretty much all the characters' parents. Mm-hmm. Um, the main the main character being like Roy's father. And then there's Sacred Stones, which um, no one cares about. <laughs> For the expansion pass in America, we just get Epi Seven. But in Japan, they're giving six and seven. So I think it's one of those things where, like, with the TCG, where they they might not translate it. They might just say, "Oh, if you're in Japan, he, you get T, you might get TCG two at it at some point." I will tell you, if, they have they have not shied away from putting uh, untranslated games in the English uh, Game Boy uh, in, in the English Nintendo player. If There's, we get FE. If we, I'm just saying, if we get FE six, you will not hear from me for a week. Uh, there's that. I handful. will go MIA. There's a handful of games that are all Japanese that are impossible to read. I still try to play them. I don't them. care. And, yeah, I no, uh, I'm, I'm. It's fine. Find someone else to do your tweets that week. I will be. <laughs> Carter can. Carter will take care of, over for you that week. You will not see me on the Discord. My boss won't fucking hear from me. I will be gone. Yeah. Um. um back and my on track. final. Yes, my final. My spiciest prediction. I have not seen anyone make. We are going to get an announcement for the next new live-action Pokemon movie. Mm, I don't think they'll do that yet. I don't think they'll let Pokemon do that because they still have the Mario movie coming out. They don't want to pull the attention away. Um, they don't want to pull attention away from it this soon, though. This is my prediction. That's fine. I'm just telling you, they don't want. Be, don't be don't be a, a sore loser if it doesn't happen. Oh, I'm not going to be a sore loser. <laughs> I, 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 if, if, so if it doesn't happen, I'm going to call this a fever dream that I thought up of at the last minute. It <laughs> sure. kind of was. Sure. If I'm right. Everyone will have to come like the video. Everyone will have to like the video. Like, comment, subscribe. If like you're not already. Like yep. all the TikToks. Go hang out. Go check out the tic- the TikTok and the Twitter and the YouTube shorts. Yep. Which make we my, didn't have any this week because Carter Carter slacked off and ran away. Tweeted for me. Well, that's fine, but that's because he's there at the event and he's not yeah. doing his shorts stuff that he's supposed to. With that, I think we're pretty much done. We covered everything. Pokemon the Pokemon Day event should be starting here soon. Um as of the upload of this. So once this is done, go check out the uh the video the announcement or the event video, whatever you want to call it, and see if we were right, see if we got things wrong. Then come yeah, back and comment more... on the video. Call call us crazy or call us geniuses. Yeah. I really hope you're call us geniuses. <laughs> I want I want a either a new mystery dungeon game or just like a, another mystery dungeon game. I really enjoyed the gameplay of the of the DX Deluxe Remake or whatever Remaster or whatever it was. I Even though I feel like that. I haven't, 
I haven't. I don't think I've actually like gotten enough into it. I think I just did the story, and then that's all I have. <laughs> that was one. So I planned on getting it, and then COVID happened, and then Animal Crossing came out. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and yeah, those those are again those are my predictions. Um, or Knoxville. It, it it's it's been. It's been an episode. It's like almost two hours long, hour and a half, I think. Honestly, every you you gotta like keep me on like a t- like like tell me like Angelo tight sixty. Well, let's see here. We covered two regionals, which already yeah. is more than we cover in a standard episode. Anyway, it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to keep things things under an hour when uh, around an hour when you have two regionals in the same weekend. Yeah, no, it was a lot of regionals. You had the Pokemon Day. Um, we had a lot to cover, and it's fine. We, we, we did have a lot to cover. I think we also went and just did, like, some general, like, just Series 2 changes. I think this, this, this is a, I think this was another pivotal weekend in terms of what's going on with uh, Series 2. And, and it all changes in less than a month. No. Nope. <laughs> and it'll, it'll be a whole new format at the end of the month. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. With that all being said, I think it's time we get out of here. Of course. I want to thank everybody for hanging out, listening, and doing all that fun stuff for us today. Like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. Make sure to go check out our Patreon, where you can support the podcast for as little as $2 an episode. Or $0.50 cents an episode? I don't remember. I don't remember what our lowest tier is, because I, I didn't I make think it. it's 50 Is it $0.50? Cents? I think it's $0.50. Cents. Because there's a $2 tier or something? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, shout out to our $10 and up patrons, uh, which include Dylan of Paldea, um, Papa Swish, and Johnny Bravo Sr. Appreciate all your support. Next uh, next episode's a birthday episode. Yes, that is the other thing. We'll have uh, our, our, our official birthday episode yes. instead Wait. of this one. So I'm just saying three straight years. No, no skip. Weeks. We have not. I have, we have not missed an episode yet. And um, literally nothing short of impressive. Yeah. But yeah, that puts a wrap. We will see exactly. you all next week for our birthday episode and have a wonderful week. Have a great week. Happy Pokemon day. Everyone. Yeah, happy Pokemon day. Bye everyone. Bye.